Everybody say, everybody, welcome to Elephant in the Room. This is our podcast where we talk Alabama Crimson Tide football, part of Disrupt the Media. And uh, you know us from Roll Tide Pods. Uh, like and comment. Give us a thumbs up. That's a way of saying Roll Tide. And uh, thanks for being here. Hey, look, the show's presented by my bookie, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code next round, like my shirt here, football helmet shirt. Um, pretty sweet one, by the way, Joe. <laughs> you guys can use that, mybookie.ag, up to 50% to $1,000 price match when you make that initial wager. And there's a lot of stuff to put down on right now. A lot of fun sports. Basketball's been really fun to watch in the SEC. You can do that. You can do the NBA. You can do uh, NHL. Check it out for yourself. M- NFL playoffs are coming up, and uh, you can do it all at mybookie.ag. And if you need some help with those picks, Lance's Locks got you over at lanceslock.com. Lance, a uh, fantastic handicapper, one of the great sharps that I know. So, uh, uses him as a uh, use him as a tool to help you make better bets win some money I'm Mick Gillespie it's great to see you Jake Coker elephant in the room and uh here we go man what episode is this like 50 is this episode it's gotta 50? be up there we've been pounding Come a long out. way yeah we Come have a long way I, I work hard uh, you know I, I get in here and I practice you know <laughs> <laughs> what can I do to be to be a little better today <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you gonna man. keep dry January going into February or what? Oh, here, let me take a sip of this. Yes, <laughs> yeah. dry January. The thing about dry January was this, and I haven't had a beer, although I did taste the kegerator to make sure that the uh, you're the CO two yeah, was right. You're finding ways to cheat, yeah. right? Right mix. If you <laughs> would have called that cheating, you know, it was just a sip. But um, uh, I'm sure it was. Between that and the carb diet, man, I mean, like, I'm, you know. Do you feel better? You know, that's a great question. You know, I've been doing dry January since uh, Alabama lost, started it the next day. I was at the Floribama on the 1st, uh, as uh, which, I mean, I know you're jealous. I commentated the uh, polar plunge. Played by <laughs> play. all the, you know, of all the things that I've done in my career, being the lead broadcaster on the polar plunge well, it's, was it's, awesome. Yeah, it's it uh, was awesome. It's impossible to start dry january while commentating the polar plunge no you get i mean they they give you free beers and stuff yeah uh, yeah just fantastic my favorite kind of beer (laughs) all the beer shows that i've done the best ones were the free ones uh so anyway i started it and and it's not that i'm like running from alcohol i'm just running from being fat and uh you know and and i just have to do this well the lack of the the beer is what does it you know it is and you work out really hard well and then christmas you know, that's what, I try to work out hard enough to where I can eat whatever I want and drink whatever I want. Yeah, that probably doesn't hurt that you were, you know, professional athlete. You know, some of us <laughs> are professional talkers, and it's <laughs> now you're in the professional talking game. And as you do that, I'm sure that you're going to have to watch out for the professional talking body. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's contagious. That's for sure. Yeah, when you come in here. I'm going to load you up on as many beers as I can. <laughs> Um, I, but that's part, part of the fun, man. I mean, like I, I actually, like I did a beer show, you know, this, a beer review show during COVID Yeah. and, um, we would get beers sent from all over the country and just taste them and, you know, and they were like eight minute shows Yeah. and, and, you know, because there wasn't a whole lot of new content going did you on. Have any, do you have any trouble being honest, feeling bad for no. the companies that you sent know, you bad beer that even though they supported you? Yeah. There was a couple times where I was like. 
very diplomatic yeah. about it, you know. But the guy I did the show with Bricken, uh, we got these beers sent from great brewery, R and R Brewery in North Carolina. It's in, in Mount Olive, North Carolina. You know where the Mount Olive pickles are made. Yeah. And so the first time that we got beers from there, they, they, they were great, man. Like, but their their signature beer is a pickle beer, mm-hmm. right? Which is like pickle. They you there's different ways of doing a pickle beer. Pickle ghosts. You could do a pickle sour. There's um that a wiggles like too much. Well, there's a wiggles. I haven't tried this, but there's a wig wiggles pickle beer that I've seen like in the store. Wickle? wickle is that what it's called? Yeah. Wickles. Okay. Wickle, yeah. Thank you. Wickles. Okay. Um. And and I saw it and I was like, you know, I don't know much about them. I I know that when I've had their pickles, they're really good. Yeah. But that's twice i mean it's not like i but that in a beer just sounds oof. well i haven't tried it yet but we had the pickle beer we did the, we're doing the show and Bricken was like you know takes a big swig and he's like you know this is this is good and then all of a sudden he's just like and i look over and he's like no it's not this is terrible i gotta leave sit down man tell us why this beer is not good i didn't think it was that bad but you know like they he gave <laughs> he 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 still gave the beer a decent score, and then uh, that was one of his last beer shows. I think that the pressure of having to score those beers yeah might have ended that. Well, yeah, I mean you you gotta appreciate those guys sending you the beer, and then to just let them down on like that. Shoot on a courteous act is pretty tough. <laughs> I never did that. <laughs> I I didn't. But I mean, I just lied. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like me. I was like, oh, this is, you yeah, know what? Like, so bad beers are seven. That's no, no, we, we would do it one to five, and then you could go like quarter in- intervals, right? So it'd be like, you know, really good beer would be like a, a great beer. And I didn't give out a whole lot of fives, would be a five. Yeah. Um, And I, I'll tell you some good ones. Bell's Two Hearted Ale, great, great IPA, right? That yeah. everybody would know about. Trim Tab did a beer one what time. What makes an IPA an IPA? Um, I, the the I guess the brewing process. It's 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 a more of a hoppy beer. They were made to basically be able to sail across from Britain to uh, to India and still have like flavor by the time they got there. So they're yeah. you know they're definitely um, a lot more like flavor and punch <laughs> to these, but um. I loved that Trim Tab did one called the Theory of Abundance. I got a can of that. And then, I mean, I was up there the next day buying a keg for the kegerator. So good. You know, like you ever, I mean, like, you know, when you find like a, like a really great beer, they don't make it anymore, but they just made it that it was kind of like um, seasonal production. Yeah. So they did a good job. Um, And I, I don't even know like what companies made, you know, like what, distributor they're with or they're not with but uh, we did them all didn't matter who uh they were we people were sending them from all over the country and yeah we got some really good ones and you know we got some that weren't so good you know yeah i like some of those uh well only only beer that i really fell in love with i mean i like i like uh was it Dr. Juice, I like that. Yeah, one. yeah, Parish Brewing. Yeah, I like Fat Tire. I like uh Parish Brewing did the worst beer we tried. Really? Well, I guess that's another thing. You but they a, did a, one of the best ones we tried too. Yeah, yeah. 
I guess that'd be the uh, that'd be the only thing. I mean, these breweries they make good beers, they make bad beers. They did know? the one. Do you remember the can? It was like uh, it had the Crichton Leprechaun on there. It was white with the Crichton Leprechaun on it. It was the worst beer, and people started watching the show around here. Right? Did you get it from the? Uh... What's it called? Some, the Irish pub over here. Yes. Somebody's <laughs> like one of the bartenders was like, I love your show. I got to give you this beer to do. And then we did it. We're like, this is the worst. It's the greatest can and the worst beer. The worst beer was the salt life beer. There was a salt. Uh, I never had that beer. one either. Don't buy it. That's the tip. <laughs> cool can, bad beer. There well, there's a, so many now. I did, well, that's why the show was popular. Yeah. Well, like I told you, I mean, I, I buy a beer based on what the can looks like pretty much. And I you, know nothing about them. Uh, we, we've talked the, the one summer beer that I love getting. I mean, I drink, you know, mostly Miller light when I'm on a weekend, but or light beer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Coors light, Bud light, whatever's there. Yeah, sure. you're just this this <laughs> we're off to a great start <laughs> you can't win with this guy no, we're off to a great start <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Shame. Uh, <laughs> but my, my father-in-law got me, he got me hooked on these just to mix it up beer. Those, uh, is it line and it's line and Kugel or line, yeah, line and Kugel or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the summer shandy. Oh yeah. That's, why that. don't you just drink, uh, um, lemon juice. <laughs> <laughs> now those are good. They it's do, great when it's hot. Yeah, yeah, know? they are good. They they do. Uh, they they have a lot of sweet beers. That, one of the one of my favorites was they had this uh, this like chocolate porter type beer that was. You uh, know, so you like that heavy, that deep heavy? It wasn't really that heavy. It was just sweet. But in the winter, in the middle of winter, you know, and it's yeah. cold. I was up in Chicago at the time. Like on the back porch or something. Yeah, yeah, right. When you're gonna like smoke a cigar and you're just gonna yeah. have like one beer. Yeah, which is probably a new concept for you but um <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm kind of <laughs> hey can i get your refill <laughs> uh actually i i, I you know it, the show probably does golly we look like alcoholics on this show but don't really, judge me we really don't, I mean, I don't, don't judge I, me. I don't drink a ton but i do like a good time here and there well for listen. sure don't don't ever apologize <laughs> i mean because i you know i'm with you on this i it, it's there's a time and place yeah there yeah, is man. and this is the time and the place yeah that's right the only thing that's missing is ryan we've been missing yep. ryan today yep well ryan he's still down and out yeah well look it's it's been tough um and of course nick saban tired retired over a week ago now and I'll, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I've, I've criticized him very little in his career because he's the best that's ever done it. But I wish that he would have been more strategic with his exit strategy. You know, it well, wasn't calculated in my mind. And not that he would have it would have made that much of a difference. I don't know. But as I watch Caleb Downs and, uh, you know, Trey Amos and one after the other, you know. And the yeah, Mar I mean, you wonder if it's Nonblack. almost like uh, they felt uh, – and look, I, here's my outlook on 
the reason Coach Saban did retire is is because he, from from what I heard, it was he had one more like his his whole family was kind of on board with one more year. We're all in it for one more year if you want to, and and his big hang up was promising these kids that he'd be around and he's recruiting them and he couldn't do that. Right. You know, and that's, and that is a hard thing to do, go ahead and sell something that you don't believe in, you know? And, right. uh, you're not even going to be there. Yeah. I mean, you're recruiting a kid to come there and you're not even going to oversee his future, his collegiate future, you know? So, I mean, struggling with that and, and, you know, you got one more year left. I mean, you might as well call it quits, especially if you feel that, that bad about it, which I think speaks a lot to his character, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think he, he really thought he was going to retire this year up until a couple weeks ago and everything kind of came to fruition and he started thinking about the ramifications of recruiting kids and their futures. And that's, like I said, I mean, it, he's been the, the figurehead for college football for a long time. And, and that decision-making says a lot about, the reason that everybody loves him. Yeah, look, I'm not dis- – I know it was time. Yeah. I told you that. I mean, if you can't figure out how to get a guy to snap the football and you're him and it's a whole season of it, that's just not what we've grown accustomed to with him. I mean, he doesn't let stuff like that go. You know, like he's the most integral, um, you know, a, the guy that always figures out all of that stuff. But you get old and it's tough to do that, man. It's tough for me to go outside and throw football for a I mean, like, I'm not even 70, you know? So, I mean, I I get it. And and, and it's not that – Well, I think that if he would have had the same assistant coaches every year, it would have been different. But you got to teach all those guys too, man. It's it's not enough time of the day. But to that point, I think – I mean, that's one of those just – this is – it was just such an – out. I think he out-coached – I think he did as good a job as he's ever done. It was just some small details that I think uh, were very hard to to perfect. And and the snapping the ball like that is as easy as it sounds to fix. If you've got a guy that's jacked up in the head that has the yips or whatever you want to call it, yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't. And again, the the. Playing center is one of the hardest positions on the field. You got to know what everybody's doing all the time, and you got to direct all of your linemen, get everybody on the same page. And uh, it's not easy to just find another guy that can do that at that oh, level. Or pour a beer like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying I could have done a better job. I'm just saying that over the course of the season, no, I to, got to watch 25 snaps that were bad. I mean, it just look, isn't. That's just not up to his standard. I mean, we we saw it over the last few years, and David Pollock wasn't all wrong when he said that that we didn't seem as disciplined as we have in the past. Right. I think he said that what a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's Coach Saban at seventy. Was he seventy two? Seventy two going on seventy three. It's just hard. I mean, man. Coach Saban at seventy two is still better than ninety nine point nine percent of the coaches. Oh, out there. dude, you're hundred percent. You know, right. yeah. I mean, it's just. Look, he still could have won a championship next year. Oh, yeah. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying oh, that yeah. his standards are different than normal people's standards. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, think about gosh. it. I, when we were <clears> – <throat> when I was playing, and, again, each 
each player from two years prior from two years prior to that is always going to say oh he was so much tougher than when y'all got here he he's gotten a little softer uh i mean i never saw a soft side of him really you know i mean he he was funny made jokes and then he was personable but i never saw him show any weakness in terms of uh being disciplined around that facility and guys i mean you had to wear <clears throat> you know the same color socks same length same cleats same everything had to be the same i saw him rip a guy's ass in a walkthrough because his shoes came untied i mean just stopped the whole deal and cussed him out for a minute or two straight mm -hmm. and it was like good god you know what, what you did you get make... from that though that every detail mattered. Boom. You know? That's my point. Oh, no. I you gotcha. just made my point no, no, for no, me. No, and I'm not disagreeing. No, with I know. Your point. I'm just saying I'm, that's how he always was. Oh, we yeah. always heard that. Oh, I know. I know. My only thing about that is, I mean, he, snapping the ball is just such a mental thing that I don't know if. Well, think about this, though. You you just made another point, like the, the all the Jermaine Burton penalties and stuff. Yeah. You know, we didn't have that before. You know, we we just it's just it's different, man. I know college football's changed. I love him. I, I I'm so appreciative of what he did. I just wish he would have went into. I just wish he would have went to Greg Byrne first and been like tomorrow, not like I'm going downstairs right now. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. He's normally more calculated. Maybe he thought yeah. he would. It, maybe he thought if he had a day to think about it, he might not do it. But this is something he's never done before. You yeah, know, I mean, retiring is one thing that nobody has ever done before, usually, unless you're Brett Favre. But I mean, this is something that he has zero experience with, doesn't really know how to go through that transition process. And I, I think he probably did what, you know, he's, he's fighting a, hey, what's best for Alabama? What's best for these recruits? What's mm -hmm. best for my family? And you merge that together and do the best you can. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, I mean, I, I think he probably wants to coach for 10 more years, but you know, your, your family needs and, and it, there, there's a lot more important things going on for him than, than football, you know, and college game day, we get, we get, yeah, we get caught up in and how important he is as a state, but he's got his own personal needs too, you know? Well, that's what I, I, I think for him. Um, I don't remember if I talked about this last show, but from the time I left college at Alabama until 2020, I worked every summer. I did play-by-play -play in baseball. I mean, every day. It's an everyday job. Yeah. And I missed weddings and funerals and birthdays, my birthday, like just on, on the road doing the games, you know. And then 2020 happened, and – you know, we end up, you know, moving down here and, and going to the beach a lot and, you know, and kind of taking life differently. And I realized, like, I love doing my job, man. I mean, I love it. Oh, yeah. But I also love being a dad. I also love going to a, a, a birthday party or a wedding. And, and then I didn't realize, like, the impact that it had on other people, too, you know, that I didn't go to all their stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. I, and I've tried to since then be a lot more focused on um, just my personal uh, time, you know, and making yeah. sure that I don't make my entire life being a 
play-by-play guy, which I don't anymore. You know, I do this kind of stuff, which is fun. You know, I'm just not – I'm different now. Oh, yeah. And for him, he's – he's. I've never seen anybody that is so focused on, you know, and and, and goal-regimented and um, has the ability to put aside success to keep doing the things that he needs to do to be successful. The only way he's ever going to get any of that time – is to get away from football yeah. because he doesn't know how to back up and say, Hey, you know what? You're going to do this. It's, it's more than delegating. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I can delegate a lot of my job. He can't do that. Oh yeah. Well, it's kind of like that, that, uh, saying that he has, if, if, you know, if you want to be happy for an hour, eat a steak, you want to be happy for a, uh, a day, play golf, happy for a, a week, go on a cruise. But you know, if you're going to be happy, throughout your lifetime when you leave somewhere are people going to miss you or not yeah it's a true thing man oh it's so true i mean that's the you know when you sit here and, and talk about you know what's meaningful to you what what's important but i mean really the effect you have on people and if if they're going to miss you being around that says a lot about you and what you've accomplished in terms of affecting other people yeah you know man you're exactly right and you look at what we've been talking about last week or since he retired it's been i mean a really sad time for a huge huge amount of people and it's been a very happy time for a huge amount of people <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right mfers you know there's been a, the, the, down, the hate dude the hate i can't stand it man oh, yeah. a bunch of hate is out there oh yeah well we'll be back I, it's, not, it's, not not to that extent. Well, it's different now. You know, this guy, the, the the new coach, the new coach has to deal with some stuff. First off, he's building a staff, and what I think that he's done a really good job of is he's building a staff of people that he knows and he trusts. Yeah. Because one of the problems that I think Alabama football had was we had so many coaches leaving, and it was like, you know, right. hey, we're going to Georgia. We're going to Ole Miss. We're going, and all of a sudden, like a lot of the stuff going on in the in the clubhouse was getting out. Oh yeah, you got to have you. You need to have like your clubhouse needs to be like this. Yeah, you know, and it and, was, and what does it say about him that he can hire staff that says quickly? He's a great and guy. That many guys that that's right were at Washington wanted to come to Alabama. We'll see him. too with the players. I mean, Ryan Grubb, I, that guy. He he was talking about as being a head coach in in some places. I mean, he was his name was had has gotten national notoriety. Yep, he could have done whatever he wanted. I mean, you know, it's not like he's going to be the head coach at Texas next year, but he could have gotten a head coaching job somewhere. Yeah, and he chooses to come to Alabama and be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kane Womack, that's one of his best friends apparently, and he left a head coaching job where he's making really good money in Mobile, Alabama, and just building his resume and takes the defensive coordinator job at Alabama with a an immense amount of pressure because, I mean, most likely the perception that he's going to put out there or get, whether, I mean, even if it's not earned, is going to be underachieving in comparison to the best that's ever done it. Yep. And so it's a, this is probably the worst time for anybody to be a defensive coordinator at Alabama. Yep. Especially when your head coach isn't a defensive guy, yeah, it's uh, on you. So all everything falls on you, which says a lot about Kane as well. 
Uh, and he's not the only one. Um, Maurice Linguist came from Buffalo as a head coach. Here's a guy that's the co-defensive coordinator going to be working with the DBs. Uh, I, I went and watched some of his uh, interviews, and I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that was a coach in the NFL, that was a coach. He was the defensive coordinator for Michigan. He was a player at Baylor, you know, like – but just listening to him and watching him, I, I've a, I'm a good judge of people. And I, yeah. you can just tell this guy's got it together. Yeah. To leave a head coaching job to be the co-defensive coordinator tells you something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, we got a lot of potential. And, and look, we still got, I mean, haha, Clinton Dix is still there. Jamie Mosley's still there. Uh, Denzel Duvall still there. Uh, you got guys there that are that are going to be able to support and recruiting and and get a lot of guys to be excited about Alabama. I mean, it's we talked about it on the last podcast. It seems like gloom and doom, but I don't think it is. And and one of the things you learn too is I think this NIL or look, I think players should get paid. I think it's a, a shit show right now. I think there should be contracts. You should have to fulfill your duties as a player for a certain period of time uh, if if you're going to get paid. And I know the structure of that's all jacked up because money can come from everywhere right now. But what does it say about, you know, you got your Isaiah Bonds. We've talked about him. It's all about money with him. You can't, you can't. I don't know if he's a good kid or a bad kid. I've never met him. Uh, I'm not attacking his character at all, but when you run into it, like I've said, when you run into a guy that, that makes it all about money, it's not about winning in relationships. It's hard to trust the, it's, it's just hard to trust a guy that, that could up and leave you just for a bigger paycheck. You know, let me, uh, let me, let me go on Shanks. Uh, uh, X account. I wanted to say Twitter. Yeah. I'm going to say X because it's X now. Alphonse Taylor, Shank, one of the all-time great social media people, <laughs> right up there with Donald Trump. Can we uh, call him and see if we can't get a one-liner out I of mean, him? I love this. I'm going to read this for you. We need to get him in here. Let me call him real quick. Well, you call him, and I'm going to read his uh, his his tweet. Okay. Players transfer every day. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is being one game away from the national championship game, and instead of running it back, you transfer. On top of that, you get a coach who just was in the national championship game. It's no longer about winning. That sums it up. I mean, that that that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, it's not about the the goal and your the buddies you've built relationships with and and uh trying to be a part of something it's just it's it's sad man yeah isn't the dream to do what you guys did and hoist the trophy at the end of the year to have a championship ring that somebody could come in here and say hey i'll give you two hundred thousand dollars for it and you're like nope three hundred thousand nah four hundred thousand ah you know what i'm not for sale you know because it has that much of a because there's more than well, money in life. They all when. But how about five hundred thousand? Would you take that? <laughs> <laughs> we 
when when Jalen Milrow, uh, when Booker, when Malachi walk out on that field next year, they need to announce them individually so that the fans can just cheer them. Uh, just those are the guys that need to be Alabama needs to prioritize yeah. and get paid because, I mean, how much does that say about them that? You know they're they're staying with Alabama. They love Alabama. They love the the culture, and they want to see Alabama do well. Right. You got to reward guys like that. Yeah. I mean, th- those are the kind of guys that that build your program, that build the foundation, that that further the culture and make it a, a more unified place. And uh, it just to me, those are the kind of guys that that when you think about Alabama football, those are the kind of guys you want on the team. And I've, I mean, we've, we've, uh, I know we've talked about the offensive line last year and especially early in the year, we're tired of hearing them talk and, and wanted to see something on the field. But man, I, I tell you that you, you'll never hear me say anything negative about, about Booker from the rest of the time he's there. That to me just, cements his his character with me mm-hmm. more than anything else could yeah you know i'm with I mean? you that i've guy, always liked it that guy can pretty much do no wrong with me yeah <laughs> Jalen milrow too yeah, malachi yeah, right. moore i mean malachi moore uh devonte smith uh, devonte smith yes. gotta, gotta thank you devonte yeah. both devontes but that one on you know the the one that's on the team right now we need everyone that can step up to step up yeah because if you guys haven't noticed we are under assault we're under siege right now yeah and when i see lane kiffin rumors that he's in tuscaloosa trying to pick up players and stuff like that you know if that's true you know it could just be him you know kicking around but i'm you know uh kite transferring to auburn you know these guys transferring to georgia it's not like they're just going and finding a different school they're going to our arch rivals man how much how much how about is, the guy that goes to auburn how do you do that yeah <laughs> can you imagine that i'd, I'd feel like you you'd need he'd need to pull the knife out of my back yeah <laughs> you know? i mean which has been done before but yeah, I just can't imagine. Uh, how do we know how much more Texas is paying Isaiah Bond? I have no idea. And that's the one that just sticks out. But he's to me got a most. Lamborghini lease now. Apparently, it's a lease. I'm sure they didn't give him a word on the street. Is that the Lamborghini's a lease? So you you basically got nothing. I mean, you get to drive around a cool, cool car for a little bit. You look cool. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you go to the beach or Vegas. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've seen that. <laughs> I mean that's the that's the cheapest that's the cheapest offer ever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just that guy. That guy. Well, the, the thing about him is that he walked away from a legacy that for the rest of his life he was going to be important to Alabama. Now he's the biggest turncoat that I ever remember, and I've tried to go back in my mind and think about. Uh, uh, and, and it's not fair. I mean, he's just one of the guys that's leaving. Yeah. But, but I'm just telling that, you, in the well, fan base, that's the, one, that's the one that hurts the most because he would have been on one. Of, he, I don't know if he's going to be on one of these now. Yes, he is. He is. But, I mean, that, like repaint the thing. That'll be the less the the least sold Daniel Moore out there, I would think. Yeah, I mean, there's. I think a lot of them were sold before, but 
I've tried to tell people that it's still a great moment and it's still a great print and Milrose still on there. I mean, we've not taken him off. Plus, I mean, come on. It was even though bond has basically sold out. This is what we called it when I was growing up. (laughs) That's fine. You sold out, you do you, but I'm not going to let that moment like be affected by that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know with people used to have a problem selling out. But when you, but you know what I mean? It's not, that's not like that anymore. Oh yeah. No, I I mean, I agree. A business decision. Well, it's all for a lot of Caleb Downs guys, all American Sean Alexander award winner, sec freshman of the year playing on the team. He's already getting paid. He's making money and he's going to go to Ohio state or Georgia apparently. Yeah. And and look, by the time people are watching this, you know we'll we'll find out. I hope he stays. He's a great football player. He's really really great. It's it is scary to well, think I, that your safety I, had I more tackles than your linebackers, but dude, that's that a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> that <is> scary. <laughs> by du- like double too, man. Well, like, how many of these guys do you think are entering the portal just to? I mean, basically like a coach, like a coach pretending that he's looking to go somewhere else just for uh, an extension or more money. Well, if they do that, and they, then he's the guy I'm paying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean he's the guy I'm paying. I mean, I think he – You, I, I really would like to have him back. And maybe you sell a lot of his merch. Yeah. I, I mean, a- Alabama's got to do a better job at capitalizing on a lot of the things that they do. The in-stadium concessions need to be run better because you can make more money out of that. They need to go, and and I'm sure a lot of colleges are the same way. Go look at what the big league baseball teams are doing or the NFL football teams. You know, go learn from the best of the best. Don't make it a throwaway anymore. You know, make it where it's like not only are you offering, you're offering more, but you're charging more for it. You know, hey, here's beer, and then, you know, like you got to – it's like $15 a beer. I mean, come on, man. You know, do it as a business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm just standing in line for 30 minutes to get a diet Coke. I mean, running out of pretzels and hot dogs, <laughs> <laughs> which we've talked about before. Like, like if Act you're like grading, been there before they're grading there, you're grading the experience that you have, you know, it's, 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 it, it's just not a great experience. It's a good experience. And I'm talking about college football games in general. You go to the NFL, it doesn't compare, man. NFL seats are nice. You know, you pay a little more most of the time, but the, you, you're not in line very long, you know, like, but the, the, but now the products are equivalent because of the, you know, now you're paying the guys. We're getting away w- without paying people for a long time. Been oh, getting yeah. free labor for a long time. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that. Which, I mean, look, I'm all, I'm all for NIL. I mean, I, I think I mean, it's a great way. It's like, it's like you said with, with pro throw. I mean, the guy, he's, you when you see him, he's still limping, and yeah. it's sad to see that that he was one of my to, favorites, man. He wasn't able to capitalize on Mm-mm. on some of that. At least you think he'd have made enough money to buy a house with cash oh, from yeah. college, yeah. And that right there, I mean, just you might as well add add I don't know thirty grand to your salary after taxes. Yeah, I know. Like we're we're so worried about like you know stuff like title nine what about worrying about the guy like him where, where was his protection 
Yeah. You know, like his protection should have been, he's a guy out there doing the work. Yeah. You know, he's got to be compensated. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I want, that I don't appreciate this. And you know this. Well, it's, it's just that there's got to be some damn it's, rules, it's man. It's going to have to get more economical yeah. for these schools if they're going to make that much money. And so Title IX is going to be, I would think it would be an issue because you have to make money to pay these players that bring in, that generate the revenue. Right, that's what I'm saying. So you be cannot like pay for all these other amenities for other teams that, I mean, I've heard it a lot. I mean, basketball stands on its own pretty much breaks even football pays for everything else mm -hmm. and that's what i've heard too i'm not diminishing other sports at all uh it just is what it is yeah you know i mean they might have to have some fundraisers if, if some, like like we used to do did you ever do the fundraisers <laughs> yeah. out there like selling popcorn and knocking on people hey we're selling pizzas we did pizzas one year you know what i'm talking about and then you would get those pizza things and send it to them candy we had to sell all that stuff grapefruits oh, yeah. or boy scouts that's and the reason I'm saying that, and I, I'm I'm kidding, but I'm being serious too, is that normally when you have a budget deficit, you want to spend this much, right? You're women's oh, yeah. basketball. You got a coach that I mean, it, it, it's a the whole thing's bad. You know, no, you're not yeah. winning much. Um, you you got some good players. Jay Barker's daughter's a great player. You know, so it's not directed at the players, but the program's been bad for a long time, and but they spend this. And they generate this, you know, to to make it make sense. Now that you got to compensate the players for football that have been bringing in all the money, you know what? Maybe they need to go out and figure it out. Baseball is the same way, and I love baseball. Yeah, I love I it. it's my favorite game. But at, at Alabama, when I was broadcasting the games, Wednesday games might have like three hundred people. Yeah, like you wouldn't even open the stadium if you were trying to make a profit for three hundred people. Mm -hmm. You know. And then I, I look at softball and I'm like, man, maybe everybody needs to learn from this guy because that's what it's supposed to look like. People showing up and, you know, maybe People you are to, excited. They, maybe I put mean, more seats out there. Yeah, I, I'd go to I I love softball games. Fast games. I thought you know? it was fun, yeah. It's, you know, and when you're in that yeah, world. It has nothing to do with what, it's not what, personal. what sport or who the play. It's, it's no. all economics. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, if if you make something entertaining enough for people to spend their money to go yeah. and enjoy the moment, then, you know, that's one thing. If, if you're operating at a loss, then, then that's pretty tough to justify, you know, yeah. especially when, again, to, to compete, to keep your cash cow going, you got to add a lot more payroll. Yep. So, I, I mean, eventually it all catches up basically what we're saying <laughs> you know? yeah yeah but again it's it's the coach Saban's right hopefully he gets more involved in this deal and and really is able to help because well when i was a freshman in college i knew that i didn't want to be a college coach right i mean away from your house all the time recruiting you're listening to you know you got kids that wants you a grown man to kiss your feet in order to get you to go to a school. I just, I couldn't do that. There's no way. What's the recruiting process. Like when you get, when you're hot, when you got hot, what was that like? I mean, you probably hated it. Well, I mean, I was, I was going to Alabama. Like it was a, but what about Florida state though? Even the same thing. I mean, we talked about it before, but once I, you I were kind hated of, it. Yeah, yeah, I hated it because you know, you're again, you're, it's such a, 
when you like my my parents they did a is as good a job as you could have possibly done without knowing how the recruiting process worked uh because it's so confusing and you got so many people pulling at you from different directions and and you know one parent talks to this coach and and some of that message gets gets misconstrued somehow on accident and and the communicate everybody's wants their best for wants the best for their kids their kids never made a decision like this before and and you're trying to please everybody in your family you know trying to make the right choice and uh i mean i was committed to florida state early and and you know in my eyes i i saw a commitment as a commitment and and i wasn't changing that and then you realize that some of the things change in recruiting too coaches promise you one thing at one point and then something happens and things may change. And, and so I used to think that these kids that decommitted, I was like, I mean, what's wrong with you? You know, you, you, you committed to a coach, that's where you ought to go. But yeah, then right. when I went through it, I realized that there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things that are said yeah. day one aren't the same as, is the day before signing day. So, uh, when I was able to sign and get it over with, I was like, thank, thank God, God this is over. Yeah. Because again, uh, you, you just have so many people coming at you. And, and when I was in high school going to Florida state, you know, everybody was calling me a this and that for picking Florida state over Alabama. <laughs> you know, really? Just, it was tough. What so, was the, this and that anything uh, good, you know, your standard standard four letter words. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love those. Love those. Do you ever read like the articles that were written about you ever? Like, no, I try to avoid all that again. When I even when I was playing, I, I stayed away from that? Twitter and, and all that. I just that was a the higher a up you get. Well, the more the, the more people that pay attention to you, the more shit talkers there are, you know. And the I, hardest thing is this like, this is like I try to answer all the, the mail on my channel, yeah, and but I have to be in the right mood. You know, uh, if yeah. I'm hungry or in a bad mood, <laughs> I might just chop somebody's head off on there. <laughs> it's all about perspective, you know. <laughs> like sometimes when people make fun of me, I love it, you know. Oh yeah. Other times when I'm hungry or I got an issue going on and I'm reading <laughs> yeah. about what an asshole I am, uh, you know? it's yeah. like, oh, uh, yeah. what do you like? You know. <laughs> uh, the guy Ryan Ryan sent that screenshot of the gal that commented on our show that said I cuss too much. Yeah, I said fuck that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I swear, I'm just, that, that guy, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was just a joke. Have you ever thought about? Um, I, I we got to get back to football. But have you ever thought about um, just like going to some random ass stand up bar and doing a like a five minute set of stand up comedy? I've thought I thought about that. No, there's, I couldn't do it. You could do it. I could not do it. And we, we should we should be like Penn and Teller and do like come up with an act. <laughs> I've always thought about it would be fun. Like it would be intimidating, but if you had like planned it out, you know, like Yeah. Be I funny. mean that's a that's 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 a tough thing to do. I can't imagine that you talk about being in the right mood. I mean yeah, you would have true. to be in the right mood yeah one hundred percent of the time. Tell you tell you this, it wouldn't be dry January. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I mean I I've uh you know, I, I, when I first got out of football, I I did a few speeches, and I'm not a big – I'm a Q&A guy, 
feel really good about Q and A's. Do you ever get but, up there and freeze? Like you just felt like they're like this, like ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to bring on the 2015 national champion. He was a three star recruit out of Mobile, <laughs> Alabama. Give it a big hand for Jake Coker. Right? And then you just get up there and you're just like, <laughs> no, you see no. that guy in the front row like somebody's yawning in the back you know like, oh yeah but I, sucks. oh yeah well, I, i've always like uh i always get up there and just try to wing it and then i get up there and i start thinking about all the things that i was planning on saying and then i forget half of it and i'm like all right time to ask questions yeah right yeah all right guys it was fun playing football i threw the ball they caught it but a lot of times <laughs> i hung, I handed the ball off and it ended up in the end zone so <laughs> i was real good at that <laughs> roll tackled, yeah yeah got tackled a few times roll tight <laughs> questions anybody got a question that when you do the question and answer you take the you take the risk that no one's going to ask a question or yeah. there's always that person that asks. And they they used to tell us, they say, there's no such thing as a bad question. You ever remember that? You ever uh, heard yeah. anybody say that? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's an out-and-out out lie. They are wrong. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is an out-and-out out lie. There is a bad question. There's a lot of them people ask. Now, there's some great ones, too. You know, like, I, I'll say this. Like, well, the worst are the questions that are posed as a question, but they're really a statement. Yes. And it's a guy that thinks he knows everything. Yeah. You know, he's basically, you know, trying to prove a point with a so-called. I've been there before. The, when I would when I would do the Cubs convention um, panels, and I'm up on stage, and we get into the question and answer, and there's this one guy that was at every one of them. Yeah. And and then I would see them like they would all line up behind the microphones, and I'd go, you know, this aisle, this aisle, this aisle, this, and I did it for years. Oh yeah. And I'd see that guy, and I'd be like. Shit. And then he'd get up there and he'd do that exact thing. And it'd be <laughs> like he was like just up there filibustering. And oh, then yeah. people would start going, Ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I'm just trying to be Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, All right, what's your question? And he'd be like, after up there talking and talking and talking, and he'd be like, Do you like the white uniform or the blue one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? There's there's always there's there's uh I'm in the relevant club of mobile and coach Saban comes to that meeting once a year and he makes a speech and fields questions. And I've been in it for about three years and there's one guy that shows up and, uh, won't name drop, but Ryan, Ryan and I, we know him. And what do you call him? What's his nickname? Jackass. Jack. <laughs> Let's just call him Jack for the show. Okay. So we'll he, call him Jack for that person. But every time like he shows up, I'm like, yes, because he's going to ask something that Coach Saban's going to just rip his ass. Oh, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that about Coach Saban. Uh, oh, yeah. No, he gets it. Love it, that. That, that, meeting, miss that. That meeting's great because it's, you know, you keep everything within that room and, and, and he just let it fly. And, uh, man, you asked a dumb question, man. He didn't care who you were. He didn't even know your name and he, just get you. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Gonna miss that because I don't think Coach DeBoer is that type of guy. No, no. Especially, I mean, he doesn't have the heavy. He's not gonna have the heavy hand down here for a while. Let's see. No. You know, I worry about that. You know, when Saban came in, he kind of got the fact that our athletic department needed somebody to come in like the Wild West and be the sheriff. 
and it, and it took that personality. And I just hope that the, that we don't well, he take advantage of this guy being a great guy. He understood what a championship program looked like. Yeah, he did. And That's so great when point. he came in, nobody at Alabama had seen that since 92. And nobody had seen that consistently in a really long time. So he came in and he, he was basically, I mean, even in the hiring process, you know, he was like, all right, this is what we need. This is what we need. This is what we need. And if you can't get that done, I'm not coming. And they just said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and made it happen and let him run the show. You know, well, we've got some breaking news here. So you'll know when we were recording this, um, the first commitment for coach Washington, DeBoer, Washington DB. No. Washington O-Lyman? No. Hmm. Um, Four-star quarterback, Austin Mack, who's transferring from Washington to Alabama. Six-foot-six, really? 230. He's got four years of eligibility. Not a position that I thought we what would. What year is he? I guess if he's got four years, he's a okay. freshman, so he didn't play last year behind Penix. Man, that's kind of crazy. I don't know that I would have made that my first commitment. I probably would have had that one maybe once you had, like, you know – I'd say maybe a center, an offensive lineman, maybe some guys on defense that play corner. But but then again, this could be the first of a wave of guys because if 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 this coach is that popular there and all those guys think, are in the transfer think, portal, we need players. I think by the time this is all said and done in two or three weeks, uh, I say said and done, I think in two or three weeks we'll have a lot of Washington guys come on. But when you mix that physicality with the, the West Coast style, it could be pretty dangerous. You it know? could be. It could be like that time that um, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre got together. <laughs> <laughs> you remember those guys? I don't know which songs you're talking. I mean, I've, I've probably heard them, but yeah. yeah I, <laughs> it was a revolution back then. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, they're, they're both from the West Coast, but it was uh, <laughs> Compton and Long Beach coming together. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's laughing with me right now. <laughs> he doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's the absurdity of it to him. For, for you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I am kidding, but I, I, I hope so, man. I mean, I, I hate seeing all the guys leaving. I'm afraid, that, you know, I'm just so paranoid about every decision that's made. Um, they did have a quarterback transfer out, you know, in Holstein. But you've got Milrow. Well, Lonergan and Sayan are, are the two guys that I think were seen as the future. Me too. I thought so too. You know, Lonergan. Uh, I mean, I've heard nothing but great things about. I him. don't know how you can't how you can't play Milrow next year. I mean, that guy. He's doing so much for the program, and he's a leader in that. He'll play. Room. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be it'd be tough to replace. They'll Milrow. figure it out. I mean, he's just. I don't know. To me, and this was my philosophy for, I mean, really, Coach Saban quarterbacks, uh, at least in the era that I was playing, and, and I'm not diminishing the quarterback position at all. I, quarterback is all about the players around you. I don't care what you say. If you've got really the only, the only college quarterback I've ever seen carry a team that Without him, probably would not have won an ass championship. Was Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Yeah, I mean that's it was easy. And that team went what three and nine the next season. That was a great uh, year. 
Yeah, yeah, it was. But I mean, you don't play well unless unless you've got players around you. That's and basically you just you're a distributor to the best players on the field. And as long as you you're a leader, you know you you can influence guys, get them to play hard, and uh, and get them to play the best that they can play. Then at Alabama, you're going to be okay. But and that's why I say Milro being that big of a leader, man, it's if he can get those guys playing to the best of their ability, it's going to be hard to replace him. Are we worried about this because it's change? Or are we worried about this with the guys transferring out? Obviously, we're going to have guys transfer in, new coach and everything, because we need to be worried. I mean, I think everybody gets worried when they're – I mean, you know, it's like, hell, if you're – if you know you got a boss you're always worried if he gets fired and you don't know who the next guy is going to be and and how things are going to be done you've been doing it for so long this way and Mm -hmm. and there's stability uh i mean i think just but basically it it presents itself as being unstable but unstable because we've got guys leaving and you got the portal and it's a nightmare but we hadn't even given this guy a month to figure it out yet at the most complex position in the country in terms of college football. Yeah. Uh, and you got to remember, it's not like we're Texas. We don't have 80 billionaires living within our state that are Alabama alumni. So we don't have the pocketbook that, that some of these other schools have. We've got we've to win. we got to be grinders, win games with grit. And and you until DeBoer – proves himself as a guy that is stable, can win a lot of games every year. It may be a little tough. It's going to be a grind, but I mean, the, the instability is what scares everybody. Yeah. And you got your star players that you thought were, were leaders and loved Alabama. They're leaving. So they didn't love Alabama. They loved Nick Saban. They loved the prestige of playing for the best coach of all time. You know, like we love Alabama. You loved Alabama so much. It bothered you not to be there. I came to Alabama and went back to Maryland, came back because I was like, this is the best place I've ever been. Yeah. Like the minute that I walked on campus, like I never wanted to leave. I don't understand how those guys don't have that same feeling. I mean, I guess just, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine like, and, and maybe I'm just like short-sighted, you know, because of maybe my love of Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I think you get guys in different periods of their career and, and college athletics and, for me, I don't get it for the guys that are starting and playing and have already created a legacy at Alabama. Like I would think that they would be all in with the institution itself because, uh, I mean, I always loved Alabama, but when I actually got to start and play, that was a whole nother level of just obsession with Alabama. There's nothing like being a, uh, contributor to the team and and not not a backup but a guy who actually plays with and gets out on that field and and you know gets banged up and and goes to all the the training and rehab sessions with all your teammates and you're all banged up and it's a brotherhood and you're you know excited about getting out there and playing the next week and and uh and sacrificing your body for the guy right beside you there's something infectious about that that I I mean I loved every minute of it and so i don't know to to just step away from a 
a core group of guys like that, when you you're getting an aisle money, you're you're getting playing time. It just makes no sense to me. Uh, I again, relationships to me matter far more than money. Now, I mean, if I'm a backup and somebody and I'm not making any money, and somebody offers me something, you know a good bit of money to go somewhere else. And I think it might help me in the future. I mean, I don't know. I might think about it, but if I'm playing and, and I've got the coaches behind me that, and, and the whole program, the fan base, I just don't see that as a situation that I want to leave and, and, and go somewhere else. I, I just love that, that unity and that cohesiveness with, with a group of guys that you trust and you've shared those memories with. Is it going to take Alabama losing for people to get motivated to build the NIL? You know, I, I would have thought that the guys leaving right now would, well, just seeing this, this mass exodus from, from key guys would do that. Just that fear of losing that. When you think about what it does to your Saturday, being able to watch Alabama play all these teams and be successful and, be excited about the SEC championship, be excited about the playoff. I mean, when I go somewhere, somebody's stopping me to talk about Alabama football. You know, it's such a big part of everybody's life. Yeah. And it's something that's so exciting to to get ready for on a Saturday, to grill out, to to hang out with your friends and family. And and it uh it impacts everybody that that has any interest in, in football at all. I mean when you when you talk to somebody on a weekend during college football season, what percentage of those conversations include Alabama football? Yeah, 100%. always. Well, I love the fact that you can go anywhere and people are ready to talk Alabama football. Yeah, I mean, it's doesn't cool, matter man. what like where you're from, what neighborhood you're in. Like, there's Alabama football fans. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's such a and this this sounds this is gonna sound you know I guess Throw it a little hokey, but you know. When, when I hear the Sweet Home Alabama song, it's like uh, I almost get chills just thinking about how fun it was to be a part of Alabama football and, and be able to live that dream, you know. And when you hear that song in the stadium, it just takes you back, you know. Uh, I don't know, just so many memories that that, that I've got that, that take me back to that place. It's it's uh, It's a lot more than football. It's crazy what a little – little leather football did did to change my life and especially uh just the alabama program that's can't pay it back is there anyone that left that you're looking at right now going man i, I hate that they're not going to be around anymore and i'm guessing one guy and i don't even know if he had a job joe pendry people love that guy i love joe i love coach pendry. oh i heard i don't even know him i just know like from talking to you Call guys him the wizard Everybody loves Joe Pendry. Oh, yeah. He was like Saban's guy. If right? you had a question, anything about football, he was like, sit down, buddy. Gotcha. <laughs> Hand me that marker. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first day I walked in, I was, I remember he was, he was asking me football questions, and I was like, am I this, am I this dumb? Like, I'm, I feel like I know nothing. You know, because he's talking about all these techniques and different ways to block fronts, and and uh, I think he's a West Virginia guy too. I'm almost certain he's a West he? Virginia guy. Yeah, 
but just and just a tough, tough old guy to him and uh I know him and Coach Trickett were really good buddies. So yeah, I think he's a West Virginia guy, but man, he he's just old school, smart, just understands the game. He's just one of those guys that like I said, you can just bounce anything off of him and he's gonna have an answer. Yep. Yeah, he started his coaching career at West Virginia and he played football. He's from Welsh, West Virginia. Those West Virginia guys, a lot of you, you spend a lot of time around uh, West Virginia football coaches. Yeah. Jimbo, uh, Jimbo Nick, Coach Trickett, Pendry. Coach Saban, Coach Pendry. Crazy thing is, his popular old school, hard nosed guys. Yeah. Yeah. I spent some time in Huntington. And uh, that's where Marshall is. Yeah. And uh, they, they're like, they want to beat West Virginia so bad in football. West Virginia won't play them a lot, you know, but they play some. Well, because Randy Moss and Spencer Pennington beat them. No, they didn't. They played them. Randy, they Moss, them. Mm-mm. Randy Moss went crazy in the game, but they lost. Uh, I don't think West Virginia's ever lost to Marshall in football. I'll, I'll check that, but. But it's a it's a different world in Clint Trickett is it is it Marshall now? Is he? Yep, Coach Trickett's son. The the they uh, they did what they call the thunderclap there, you know, at Marshall. <laughs> okay. You don't know about that? The Friends of Coal Bowl. They call it the Coal Bowl. Friends of Coal. Huh. Yep, I was right for once. Twelve and zero, West Virginia. That's. I mean, think about it. Since nineteen eleven, they've only played twelve times. West Virginia, man, you guys got to play that game more. the The problem is when Randy Moss was there, West Virginia was good. I think. Oh, look! In twenty in uh, nineteen twenty three, West Virginia beat them eighty one to nothing. Jeez. Yeah, September tenth, twenty ten, though it was you know, a twenty fourth from here. Yeah, I met Pat White's uh, cousin or uncle or something outside here one day. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great football player. Apparently, he's a really good guy too. Well, his if the guy that the guy that he's related to is the guy that like owns the company that does all the septic tanks and stuff. Uh huh. Fantastic dude, man. I mean, yeah. I'm talking to the guy outside. Everybody keeps stopping, like, hey, Mr. So-and-so. Look, so-. You know, one of those guys. Like, so those guys, you're like, okay, I can trust this guy. He, well, he walks up to me. And, I mean, I met him one time out here, and it's like we, it's like we've known each other our whole life. <laughs> like, Baron Huber's one of those kind of guys. You know, yeah. like, how do they do that? You know what I'm talking about? Where you just yeah. you just kind of – they just break walls down? Yeah. I'm not like – I'm so the opposite you of that. you are like – so I don't know about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I'll meet people and like, I'm like, if they're too nice, I'm very cautious. Make sure your wallet's still in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Be a little, I'd like to have a little edge out of my friends, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm a too, you know, too, too good to be true guy, I guess. Yeah. I'm right there with you. You know, and maybe that's how our new coach is. Who knows? Maybe he's just too, he, Jeez, I'm just kidding. He's a nice guy. <laughs> but how about a quarterback is your first like 
you know, making it. Hey, man, at this point, let's take what we can get. You like that, huh? Maybe, maybe. There's a lot of heat going on right now on social. Uh, I'm sure. I just saw a tweet that said, does he play DV? Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, social media that's the worst thing that ever happened to to the to mankind yeah i swear and it's just going to keep getting worse oh yeah because our technology is getting better worst thing that ever happened uh that and the kardashians yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's a group You can take that so many ways, you know. <laughs> There's a lot to that. Yeah, I guess. You get you find any good new TV shows? Uh, <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> we can't talk about that one. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got to tell LT about some of these new shows that are out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's probably on season six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He might, he might be. <laughs> I'm going to throw something your way and I'll fill you back up again. You know, you got, you got to, got to get another beer just because I went and got the uh, CO2 for it. The other I hear day. you. I hear you. What you got? Um, man. See, like where Greg Burns said, Saban's role, like he's going to have an office and he's going to be like a, consultant type guy or whatever do you think he's there helping right now or you think he's just like not helping and how much do you think they're going to ask him i think he's probably freaking out right now you, he's got to be seeing this and going what the f's going on oh uh, yeah i think he's right probably you think that I, I mean i would think he'd be talking to caleb downs i would think he'd be talking to all these guys you know uh but i also think he's a little nervous about crossing a line with a new guy, you know, I mean, kind of tough to hire a new guy after you've had the best coach of all time. And then that best coach of all time still hanging out, you know, keeping his footprint on the program, you know, at some point it's got to be the new guy's program and in his way. Uh, I don't think he wants to step on any toes and he wants to help out as much as he can, but the has got to make his mark and create his own standard at Alabama at the same time. The Boers, uh, Hey, he's a big boy too. He's got to, he's got to figure this out. And, and uh, again, w- he's been here for two weeks, week and a half. I mean, looks like a shit show, but I think he picks it back together. I mean, he knows how to win. The guy's a winner. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Look, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. If, if this was any other situation, this guy signed up for a lot. Yeah. You got to have some balls to come in there and, and replace Coach Saban. And, and, the, and, and what's happened is we're getting hit from every single angle right now because the rest well, of college is, football looks at it as a This week. will be the worst time of the year for us. Uh, worst time. This will be the worst moment in time under DeBoer's tenure as a coach. I mean, unless he loses a lot of games, but I just don't see that happening. And maybe this year could be a little rough. 
depending upon who leaves, who really actually leaves. But what do you expect from a new guy following Coach Saban who has doesn't have time to create his program yet? I mean, it could be a rough year next year. It is what it is. I hope not. We got some good games next year. I don't want to lose Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Georgia, but DeBoer's he's Kalen's he's won with lesser teams throughout his career. He has. So if 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 you had some advice for him, I did a show on my channel and I said I'm I'm just going to give you some advice, and I started giving Kalen DeBoer advice. It was like, you know about the iron bowl and it was kind of, I was kind of joking, but I was serious just about how like you can't, you can't um, underestimate the hate that Auburn has for us. It's a yeah. fair statement. Yeah. And even Saban underestimated it. I heard him say it was just another game the first year. Then he lost. And you know what? I never heard him say again. That's just sort of the game. <laughs> yeah. You got to go through it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I'm going way back. I mean, I, I I've been covering the guy since he got there, and I love him. But I thought you don't know yet. You you think that you think it's just another game yeah. until they've been around long enough. Yeah, until you've been through it, and then all of a sudden it was like you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like watching him after this year's game. He knows it's not just another game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets it. Yeah. But, like, no matter how many times we tell you, Coach DeBoer, you don't know, you're not going to know until you know. Right? Um, it's going to be – again, he had to have gotten that – when that airport had more people there to welcome him than there were at his spring game last year, I mean, you got to know this is a completely different world. It's it's the SEC is just it's not the same as anywhere else in the country, and and God, I can't. I'd love to hear his honest feedback after he goes through his first Iron Bowl. I'd love to hear his be like, "Hey, coach, in private, what'd you think?" Because he's he's gonna be blown away by it. How could you not? Being from Washington or where is he from? Is he South Dakota? Yeah. You go from from that kind of football down here to where it runs in the water. You know, it's it's a different brand, but uh you know, to me, if I'm him, I'm trying to create unity with former players, bring as many guys back as possible for recruiting weekends, for uh I mean you, you use Use us as a recruiting tool, you know. Have guys spend time with recruits and show them that it's a family atmosphere, yeah. that, that it's a, a place where, you know, you'll you'll never be forgotten by the staff that's there. And, and it's the same, same token players want to come back and be involved and help as well. And, and this is far more than just than just an NIL deal, Yeah, you know. It's far more than just shopping out, shopping these programs out and figuring out who's going to pay you the biggest paycheck. It's it, about a long-lasting legacy. Yeah. People from Alabama are willing to help you out after you're done. Great point. You know, it's there's support. Yeah. 
there's support. There's an umbrella of support all around Tuscaloosa and the whole state throughout the country. Uh, you know, we, we want you to be here. We want you to love this place and we want you to feel loved and, and welcomed. And, uh, that doesn't end when you, after you play your last snap, right. You know, that's the, that's, that would be what, what I would say if, if I was going to give him, him some advice. Now, I mean, look, I, I'm not one to give give advice to a, to a head coach. I've never done it, but I know as a player, when I was coming through, it was pretty awesome to see Julio Jones and, yeah. and, uh, Mark Ingram and, and guys that had been there and done that. And when they come back, you got Jeff Allen hugging their neck, you know, it was obvious that there was a lot of love there. And, and, uh, I mean, when I go back, Jeff Allen, Jeremy Sill, all these guys, it's, so great to see them there's so much welcoming energy it's when i walk through that facility it's hard for me to quit smiling right you know so i think when recruits and parents of recruits see that and, and it's not a show you know it's not there's nothing inauthentic about it uh it's hard hard to beat that kind of atmosphere yeah, no, I'm with you. You know, you just you made a great point, man. And I I know we've talked about this a, a few times, but um, it's the community that is Alabama, you know, that I've I've experienced in baseball. I, I met a guy the other day uh, here at Fairhope Brewery, and we're talking, and he played baseball at Alabama, and he knows Dave Magadan, and I re- I'm like, oh, yeah, I met Dave Magadan on the field at Camden Yards. Great guy. Uh, do you play with this guy? Yeah, yeah, I know him. You know, like, there's a bond that we have. Like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, Jim Crawford and I mean, if I Crawdaddy down, if I, and if Jim I, Wells, and yeah, I mean, like, it just goes back, dude. Like, uh, if, I go, if I go somewhere and, and I meet an Alabama fan and we start talking, we could talk forever about Alabama football and just memories that we share that they bring up plays that I don't even remember. And, you know, it's take care of each other, man. It's, uh, and y'all, I mean, you just become friends just over that. Yeah. I mean, I've got so many friends that I've met just randomly over Alabama football that are great people. And, you know, again, it's like when I say that when Dixieland Delight or Sweet Home Alabama comes on, you think about all those people and the, the network that you have from the state and and just the memories you've built, the bonds that you have. And, and uh, there's a sense of pride when you hear it, you know, even if you have any kind of affiliation with Alabama. Yeah. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. You know? I love it, man. I, and I, I guess that's to me, it's like, I, I, that's why I don't understand this. I mean, when you pull into Tuscaloosa, you roll by Archibalds. I mean, you're, you're kind of like, you get a little excited, you know? Oh, when I, when I go up there to do my football show every week, you're passing by the Fonsdale. Yeah. When I get, I get it coming in through 69, I see my old, my old neighborhood and then I'm coming in like by Hooters, you know, you know where Hooters is, Lowe's. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, Hooters was one of my sponsors of my football show when I was in college. Really? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> you're like a you're I, like a Alabama John Daly. I went there for the wings. <laughs> now they sponsored the show. They were cool, you know. Like I'm with you. I I get a, such a great feeling there. 
or going, um, I mean, going into ministry and seeing. That's what I'm saying. That's Nick where I'm always and, going. Oh yeah, Nick and Trip and all those guys. I'm so I proud mean, of Nick and Trip for years of service to the community. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get a shout out from me a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, you, I mean, it's my this the best atmosphere in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you guys better remember me. Always hooking you up. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, as I don't know. It's, PK was there, but he left, so we can't talk about him anymore. <laughs> did you know him? I don't know if I did or not. But but I'm I'm with you, man. I I I guess somebody asked me this on, and and I I'll kind of throw it at you. Wait, and they this, said, "What's PK stand for?" I don't know. PK. He was like the third guy in charge. Okay. I it's thought like, he might have been talking trip. about Peter Kern, but no, I know him. You know Peter? Yeah. <laughs> Peter's, Peter's <something laughs> talking about else. smoking cigars. He's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the Ennis Free crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, Colin, yeah. my buddy Colin's always like, you know Peter Kern. He's probably been like, I'm tired of being introduced to Mick last week. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but, you know, uh, you want a cigar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would love I got one right there, by uh, the way. I can't wait to smoke that guy that's been sitting over here. I didn't want to smoke you out while I was in here. here. (laughs) Somebody asked me this. They said, do you think part of this is that Nick Saban used to really care about guys creating value for themselves? And have we created value? Is creating value for yourself overlooking loyalty and legacy and commitment dedication to the school that gave you a chance when you say creating value for yourself are you saying that as a as a as a detriment to the thought process of a player in terms of them creating value uh with regard to their nil value or I'm, well I'm he not. always talks about creating creating value you know like he's got to create value right and I always looked at it as like in, in sports, like when you're on a team trying to motivate people to work hard, like what what is it about what you're saying that's going to get them to do the things that they need to do to be successful? I mean, I see it in baseball. I see it in football. Like you talk about it in here. You say, I did everything they asked me to do. But then I realized that I needed to do everything they asked me to do and more Yeah. without them asking me, which yeah. is, which if anyone's like, got kids and they're teaching them how to play sports or you're involved in a business or you're looking for great advice. That's great advice Yeah, because that's true. It's not always doing the things that you're asked to do. It's doing the things you're asked to do and then going above that. If you want to be the best you can be, that's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, the average guy, in my opinion, is the guy that shows up on time and does what he's told. Right. Exactly. But and Nick Saban's always like, well, you got to, you know, we're going to try to create value. We're going to create, we're trying to help these guys create value. You know, now you've created value, but is, does, does he mean, you know, Caleb Downs his, like decommitting and going or, uh, or, or opting out with a transfer and going to Georgia or Ohio that's state? Not, that's not his intention. The intention in creating values is exactly what you and I mentioned. It's, it's, you know, understanding what it takes to be the best and being the best that you can be. And that's, that's being disciplined in in what you eat, what you drink, you know, how you're working out, how you're affecting people around you. Uh, 
and being a player that your coaches, teammates, staff are going to hate to see leave because what you brought to the table in terms of making the whole program better. Mon- he didn't even monetarily. That's not something he didn't even think about money when he's talking about that. He's talking about the character of a person, the, the, the value that you bring to an organization. And, and again, are going to, are people going to miss you when you're gone? Yeah. Right. NIL. I, I know that he's not a fan of that. I think everybody knows that he's not a fan of that. And not, not necessarily pay, players being played. I mean, paid, but, and I'm not, here's another example. I don't, I don't know. I've never met Ryan Williams ever. I have no idea what he's about. And and I understand he is trying to make the most money possible, or at least that's what it seems like to me. But I don't like the decommitment from Alabama as soon as Coach Saban leaves and then make the comment that I'm waiting on one of these teams or programs to show me something or I can't remember the exact wording, but, you know, take that step out there and take the lead. And I mean, again, you, these, these teams offered you a scholarship, you know, that's a huge, that's a huge promise. That's, that's a big time commitment to a guy just offering you a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you what are you expecting out of them you know these coaches you know they, they want you they, they want you to come play for their program they th- they think highly of you obviously right. they want they're putting their livelihood you they're putting you at the forefront of their livelihood uh you just i guess you're just waiting on somebody to pay you the most I don't know. What, what what's the deal there yeah you know you're asking grown men to come kiss the ring i guess yeah. i don't i thought that i don't the, understand uh, that it's I thought the timing of that decommitment was disgusting. I did too. Honestly, I'd be honest with you. And I know he's a great young talent. And I still hope he comes to Alabama. Well, it's almost just like. But just come on, dude. You couldn't wait until the next morning. It's just like, is, is it to prove a point? Like, And he may be the best guy in the world. I don't know. I don't know. But, I know he's being pulled in 10 different directions. But come on, man. And again. Bad look. It was was just a bad look, man. It was just a bad look. Yeah. When I was 18, I I can tell you, I mean, if you brought up everything I did when I was 18, I could probably tell you, man, I was an idiot. I mean, I know I was an idiot when I was 18. And and you make bad decisions not not knowing how it looks or how it sounds or how it affects other people. But uh, I just don't like this, this culture of, of treating people who are recruiting you and, and obviously they want you really bad and, and to help you in the long run. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you're toying with them. I I don't know. It just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And, and when it's, again, when it's, if it's all about the money, then, then that's even worse. Uh, I think you got to have long-term goals, long-term, uh, ideas long to you got to have have 
more to it than just a dollar amount. I mean, well, money's a lot more than, I mean, what, what life's a lot more than just money. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I, I don't know, man. Like, but especially when you haven't played it down. Yeah. Right. I mean, we we, we let it get there. Though. I've seen, we let it get there. I've we, seen four and five stars that, that never uh, touched the I field. I know. Trust me. You know we mean? let it get there. And we, he looks great. Yeah. I've seen, I, I played against some guys in high school that were the top guys in the country. And yeah. I don't know what happened to them. No. Nope. So, I mean, to to got, get where we've gotten, where you're you're offering this much money to an unproven product, just makes no sense to me. There was part. There's a little part of you though that was glad that you were like kicking their ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt about it. <laughs> I know you well enough to know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know when you when when you're one of the guys who has to, has to grind it out all the time and and you know you hear keep people, proving the doubters hey, keep hearing hey you talk. were lanking before lanking was a thing <laughs> <laughs> but when you're when you're that guy constantly getting just beat down and then you got some guy who you know you nobody's proven anything in right, high school right, right. i mean you look good you you can run fast, you can jump high, but you hadn't proven a damn thing in high school. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, this is why I couldn't be a high school, a college coach. I mean, if, if, if I was invited to go and maybe, you know, now that I think about it, I, my advice to DeBoer might be, don't let guys like me be around their recruits because I'd tell them. That. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> you know, uh, it's just a different world now. Uh, I just don't get it. I mean, you know, the leverage used to be I, I'll just go to this other school, but now it's it's just become a the highest bidder wins, and and there's no guarantee you could leave the next year. But I guess as long as people are willing to fork it out, that'll be the case. Yeah. Yep. And that's it, man. Until they come up with a set of rules that work. And and they're going to keep getting sued until they figure something out. Yeah. But it is a uh, disaster. It is a disaster. And we've been lucky because we've had the Saban Shield. We don't have that anymore, and it's not that fun. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. A, I don't it, like this. Can it, I just tell you, I don't like this. It, it used to be fun that when you heard bad news, you just laugh because you're like, "Well, oh, Coach Coach Saban's there." We're, yeah, you know. Damn, that guy kept us from some bad news. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he may just be sitting in his office, going, "I told all these efforts." He's, he's probably like, "Man, I'm glad I don't have to deal with this." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He probably goes into divorce office and he's like. Damn, I saw you lost another one. I'm going golfing. <laughs> Come on, said you want to go? Said's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, actually, I think I am going to retire. <laughs> hey, a couple things before we get off here. Um, Birmingham Stallions, uh, I, I love pro football. I think it's cool that Birmingham has a fo football team and it gives us our state like a pro football team. I hear from those guys on occasion and uh, definitely – in their corner, some Alabama guys going to be there. One of them is Bo Scarborough, so he'll be back. Okay. Guy, guy you played with, you know him. 
did you see the his uh video where he's talking about saving uh, out running I've the police story oh yeah did you knew it already though oh, yeah that's not the only one that he's, he's done that a few times <laughs> you think what do you think coach Saban? now that he's out like we're talking now uh, <laughs> now that you're not coach anymore we're going to tell on you now <laughs> the sabinator man yeah seds seds told a few stories like that told me i had nerve coach but i was i was pulling he was this. the king wasn't he oh uh, yeah i was i was pulling into this uh i was going to uh a golf tournament at north river it's they had they had a bunch of old alumni come there and and uh and play and where I was getting off on Rice Mine Road, right off McFarland, and uh, I pull up and I'm behind. I'm the first one in line. And a Mercedes pulls up to my right, and uh, and I look over and and I couldn't see who's driving. And all of a sudden, he's in the turn lane and <laughs> light turns green. He just hauls ass right past me, and uh, I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, I mean, just who? I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" You know. And uh, he's going about 60 and a 35. And, and I'm just like trying to keep up with him. And the thought is, I wonder if that's Coach Saban, you know. And uh, we pull up into the parking lot and he pops out. I was like, I was like, damn, Coach, you ain't worried about too many tickets, are you? He goes, I don't have to worry about those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, you know what? In our state, that's just the way it is. And DeBoer, you win, you start winning some championships, you start putting some rings on some fingers, <laughs> you can drive as fast as you want, man. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, I, I I just hate what's going on, but I know that we're like you said, it's gonna it's gonna end up evening out, and things are gonna be all right. Yeah, no, I think so too. Hey, they we've we've been through it before, you know. It's just been a long time. Yeah, it's just when you were like you know in third grade. Yeah. Well, all the way up until I was a freshman, it was pretty rough outside of five freshman in high school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little better. In 07. Makes me feel all right. Yeah. Okay. Or up yeah. until I was a junior in high school. Really? Yeah. That makes me feel a lot more, a lot more better. Yeah. yeah. How old were you in 09? <clears throat> 09. I was, uh, <laughs> I was covering Alabama. I think I worked for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. So what you were 30, no. no, I was in my 20s. Okay, I was about to say, yeah. I was still a young man back then. Well, because how, how are you now? 40? How old are you now? Just throw it out there and see what you get, what you got. You want me to guess? Yeah. 43? Yeah, so let's take, do the math. Okay, so yeah, you were... Young 20s? Uh, no, you were 29. Don't tell me that. Yeah, you were 29. And it went by fast, dude. It's it was the best seventeen years of my sports life. Oh, I bet it was fun. You should have seen it before, man. We we went to all the games, and we would lose. I have to leave the stadiums, and you know, you know, hear people's bad jokes and talking shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Tennessee was always always sucked losing there. People held it against us that Bear Bryant was good. Oh yeah, you know. Well, people, love, uh, yeah, and then we start crushing. Always be will all, uh, always. People will never get tired of us losing. It's, it's like us making fun of Tennessee for losing to us sixteen years in a row. I know they win one game, and it's the one that everybody talks about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can't even remember. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. 
this is my collection of cigar pictures up here from these are all from different from different Tennessee games and then I got more there's a whole nother palette of them over there like I've just got like most of them are like me smoking cigars after Tennessee games uh-huh <laughs> and then it just got to be where I was like man like I, there's nowhere to put them anymore but I went to all of them yeah you had 16 cigar pictures in 16 years oh that's the 09 one right there in the middle Bricken and me standing out in front of the stadium after the the Rocky Rocky block. That was one of the best games I've ever been to. Oh, I bet. It was great. A lot of bourbon that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's one you never forget. Never forget Terrence Cody throwing his helmet off. No. Mm-mm. Who actually blocked that one? Was it? Terrence Cody. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was twice. Terrence Cody or, or Julio. Did Julio get a piece of one? Maybe he did, but they blocked that kick twice. Maybe Julio got the first one. Those are the picture. Julio's like way up there. Yeah. It's probably on one of these. I don't have I only have championships in here. That's how one, two, three, four, five, six. And that's the 09 one over there, but that's all the te- beating Texas. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's wrap it up. We were supposed to go short today, and we've ended up going long. Gonna get, yeah, we just we stretched Flies it out. By. It does, man. It's fun. Uh, any any final thoughts before we wrap it up for the week? Stay positive. Yeah, you got to stay positive, man. Got to do that. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us on Roll Tide Pods, Elephant in the Room. And uh, make sure that you uh, comment. Want to hear from you guys. Like and follow. Brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, up to $1,000 price, uh, up to uh, 50% on a $1,000 price match with the promo code next round. The other way, right there. Uh, great time, though, to, uh, to to have a little bit of fun and throw down maybe the, some parlays. I mean, I, I like parlays. NFL, take the Ravens against the, uh, against the, uh, the Texans. Be- very Alabama-ish feel of this football game. That's Derek going Henry on. will be there next year? I hope so. <laughs> the Ravens, maybe he ends up with uh, the Texans. Uh, but um, you got – Great slate of NFL activity this weekend. You got NBA, college basketball, and more. You can do it all at uh, at, at mybookie.ag. And don't forget Lance's Lock if you need a little bit of help with those wagers. Lance'sLock.com. For Jake Coker, I'm Mick Gillespie. One more time for Elephant in the Room. Roll Tide, everybody. <laughs>